I want to thank our fathers in the Lord for this privilege of sharing fellowship with you. It's an honor to come among you and share fellowship once again. And as we consider living by every word of God, it's pertinent that we discuss how to overcome how to overcome trials, how to overcome temptations by the word. So in the course of this teaching, we'll come to know what a temptation or a trial is. We will also come to be acquainted with four principles. There are a lot more, but uh, we'll be acquainted with Four principles of overcoming, and we will uh, also seek to understand what it means to overcome. Amen? Okay, by way of definition, we can say that a temptation is an urge from our sinful human nature for what is wrong. You know, in the morning, you may have a human desire for bread or a human desire for meat. When a desire to tell a lie, when a desire to take what does not belong to you comes up, that's a temptation. Amen? Right. It, it comes from within. And I assure you, there is no rare temptation. Did you get me? There is no rare temptation. Every temptation is common to humankind. Wherever you live... No matter your educational or economic status, temptation is common. Hallelujah. Every other believer in every part of the world is facing similar temptations. Amen. And the victory that comes by the word of God is similar to us. What about a trial? I would like to define a trial as a set of circumstances or a difficult situation which tests the integrity and sincerity of our faith. The Bible talks about a fairy trial, referring to the persecution the children of God had to endure in the uh, first century and times like that. Beloved, you will never grow to the point where you cannot be tried or tempted. There is no Christian 
who has reached that spiritual height that temptation can no longer come to him. Our Lord was filled with the Spirit beyond, without measure. Is that not true? He was. And the Bible makes us to know that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So one thing you need to settle in your heart is that this phenomenon of temptation will continue to come from time to time in your experience as long as you live. But each temptation is an opportunity to manifest the life of Christ. Each temptation is an opportunity to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Temptations will come, yes. Fasting will not bring you to the point where you will not be tempted. Trials will come. We need to understand this so that we change our mindset and our prayer pattern towards trying circumstances. Trials are sent by God, allowed by God, to bring our faith to be more mature. Hallelujah. So, Jesus overcame how? By the word. And that in itself is an example to us that we can only overcome temptations, we can only overcome trials by the word of God. So how can we use the word of God successfully? I'll tell you a story. There's a, a young girl that lived with us some years back. Delightful young female. Mischievous, but a delight. Every morning we would have morning devotion, and it was our practice to request them to learn Bible passages. One day, it came to my notice that whenever blessing does not take time, to study and remember the Bible passage. That day or the following day, she was going to do something that would make me cane her. I just noticed it. In fact, that was how I knew that my little daughter was listening to the Bible because we asked her to give the memory verse. She didn't. Then just I asked my daughter, my daughter recited the dressing's mouth dropped open. So I told Blessing again and again, listen and learn the word. Because if I don't beat you for not listening and learning, I will beat you for not doing what you should do. So in Blessing, we found one principle 
that we will need in using the word. And that is from Ephesians chapter 6. I want to read from verse 10 to 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It's going to be his might that you will overcome trials. His might that you will overcome temptations. Not your own. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Amen. What we have read, when does it suggest that the armor is to be put on? In the evil day or before the evil day? Precisely. That's what I told Blessing. Learn the word of God now or I'm going to have to beat you for not obeying. So, I want us to take note that we must have the word in sufficient quantity in the heart before the temptation, before the trial. Clearly, Jesus wasn't learning the scriptures at the place of temptation. The scriptures were already inside him. We need to have that word right inside before the evil day comes. Amen? The armor is to be put on before the evil day. Delay procrastination unto that day is risky. I want you to take note of what First Kings chapter 20 verse 22 says. There had been a battle. God had granted Ahab and the children of Israel victory. And the word of God comes through the prophet in 1 Kings 20 verse 22. Then the prophet went to King Ahab and said, Go back and build up your forces and make careful plans, because the king of Syria will attack again next spring. Have you overcome temptation? Have you won through a phase of your life? Are you basking in the victory that God has given you through your university days? Strengthen yourself because in your youth service and in the years after, the king of this world, or rather the prince of this world, will attack. Strengthen yourself when? Now. Can you see? Put on the armor before the evil day. Don't wait until that trial, until that temptation. Don't wait. Put it on now. You know, in medicine, there is something we call prophylactic antibiotics. 
We want to give the antibiotics so that the person will not have an infection when operation is done. And for it to be prophylactic antibiotics, there must be enough of that antibiotic in the minimum inhibitory concentrations that will kill the germ right inside the tissues well before the first cut is made. Every surgeon is aware that if you don't give it properly, that it's not going to do its work well. The patient may come down with an infection when he should not. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 11, Thy word have I hidden where? Thy word have I hidden where? Is it in my head? I have hidden your word in my heart. So if I am going to use the word to fight against temptations, against trials... I need to move the word of God from my Bible to where? My heart. It's not supposed to be in my head only. I must transfer that word into my heart. So how do you go about transferring the word into your heart? Well, you know the Bible says that with the heart man believes. Okay? Aha. So if you are going to get the word into your heart, you need to believe the word. You need to mix the word with faith. The scripture says, the word that was preached unto them did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. So, once you have read God's word, believe it from your heart. You need not just to do that. In fact, to help you, you need to meditate on the word. You need to think on what you have heard. Think on what you have read. Say it again and again to yourself. Picture the circumstances that the Word of God has written about. Meditate on it. You know, in Colossians, the Bible says quite clearly in Colossians 3.16, Let the Word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. So when you have read God's word, talk the word. See what's happening with Buhari. Talk what God's word says. See what's happening with the economy. Talk what God's word says. See what's happening in your family. Talk what God's word says. Let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach one another with all wisdom. 
singing to yourselves with psalms, with hymns, with spiritual songs. Sing the word of God. One of the the most trying time, one of the most trying times I've had, tempting times I've had, was when I was in youth service. I was in the River Rhine, the only doctor in the only hospital in a place where you had to drive on boat for 45 minutes before you got there. Not one person visited me in that time of youth service. There were no GSMs that time, so I didn't get any call. Nobody knew my background. Nobody knew who I was. And within 24 hours of my arriving that town, two young females and a young man came and said, Isn't this house too big for you? Don't you need somebody to look after you? I learned to sing the word of God. I knew times when my flesh was aflame. And I would sing the word, sing the word, sing the word, sing the word. Until I sweated. And there will be a breakthrough. And not long after you see the tempting situation. When God brought me out of there. Safe. No scratch. Something said to me. Now you are born again. There are some experiences you don't want to repeat in life. Hallelujah. So you need to sing God's word, speak God's word, and very importantly, pray the word in. Many a morning, I would speak to myself, praying what God has spoken about me into my life. Amen. We need to use all these strategies and get the word transferred from our heads to where? Our hearts. Because it is in the heart that everything will happen. It says, out of the heart come forth evil thoughts. Not out of the head. Out of where? The heart. So we need to transfer that word properly. So I'll give you the first principle. Feed the word of God into your heart. You need to feed it. Feed it, feed it, feed it again and again and again and again. You know, Psalm 119 verse 23 says, Though nobles take their seat and gossip about me, your servant will do what? Meditate on your statutes. Verse 83 says, Though I have become like a water skin dried by smoke, I have not forgotten your statutes. Feed the word. You see, the Bible says, Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everything you watch, listen to, is an input into your mind. 
and interplays with you to form your personality and character, whether you accept it or not. Therefore, you need to input the word of God again and again. Thank God, God's word is sharper. But you need to feed the word. Anything that affects your appetite for the word of God affects your ability to fight temptation. Anything that makes you, when you wake up in the morning, lose appetite for the Bible, jettison it. As a young person, sadly, I used to wonder whether Christians could read James Hadley Chase and all these other funny, funny novels. But one day it dawned on me that after reading it, my appetite for the Bible just died. I said, no, I cannot continue reading this. I challenged my children one day. I said, these films you watch in the night, in the morning, have you not noticed that when you wake up, you are not quite strong for the word of God? Try it. Don't watch it this night and see tomorrow, and then you'll see. And they confessed it is true. It affects our appetite to wake up and have our morning devotion. Anything that affects your appetite for the word of God. Anything. Anything. It is only God's word that can make you overcome. You can't have victory by anything else, not by scientific methodology, not by transcendental meditation. Trust the word. When we graduated, we learned about some dearly beloved, hot, tongue-talking believers. They walked in the morning. In the afternoon, they had some place they walked. And in the night, they retired to a place where they walked at night. They were working three ships. They lived in a hospital to cover for the night, walked somewhere else in the morning, walked another place in the afternoon, so that they can legitimately ride a car very, very soon. (laughs) Uh, But you know what happened? Because of that strain of work, time for the word of God was shrinking. And the enemy picked off our precious, hot, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, some who had, oh my father, suffered in campus for the gospel. I'm a living witness. Anything that would come between you and the word is simply weakening you. You know, Satan is not in a hurry to get you. That's what you must understand. Solomon arose. Satan just planted the daughter of Pharaoh successfully 
in his house and left him. When he became old, jungle matured. Hallelujah. So don't fester things that will get you into trouble. Another thing that I want us to take note of and is very important is that you must do what? Say it. It's written there. Say it boldly. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Every word. You see, we need to have the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God so as not to fall. It takes knowing the whole counsel of God that these stones are not meant for bread. It takes knowing the whole counsel of God to know that if the Lord is your shepherd, you still pass through the valley of the shadow. Hallelujah. You see, Paul in 1 Corinthians had charged the Christians that they should... uh, Expel the immoral brother. Is that not true? Aha. And he was quite correct. But in Second uh, Corinthians, that brother had become sorrowful, repentant. Paul, by the Spirit, says, You ought to rather turn and comfort him, so that he will not be overtaken by much sorrow. We do not want Satan to gain advantage of us. Why? Because we are not unaware of the wiles of the enemy. Amen? We are not unaware of Satan's wiles. It is the knowledge of the whole counsel of God. Jesus fed on all God's word. So he didn't just come across Psalm 90. He shall give his angels charge over you, so that you will not put your foot against a stone. He also knew that the word of God said, Thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test. It takes knowing the whole counsel of God sometimes to be aware that you are actually being tempted. So please, don't feed on just one aspect of Christian living faith. Feed on suffering. Ah, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death, if possible, that I might attain unto the resurrection from the dead. Feed on every word of God. 
Feed on Job, feed on romance. Feed on Song of Solomon, feed on Ecclesiastes. When I read Ecclesiastes, I got ready for death. Yes. Feed on every word of God. And for that purpose, you must be Berean with all the messages you receive. Sadly today, there's a lot that flies through WhatsApp, flies through internet, that is inaccurate and downright deceiving. Whatever you hear on this pulpit from me, from any other believer, please go back and check if these things are so. Amen? God requires it of you that when someone has spoken prophetically that you should uh, judge it. If any man arises to say, what do you mean you want to go and check whether what I have prophesied is correct? Are you saying I'm a false prophet? Know that that person is out of line. His prophecy may be true, but he's what? Out of line. It is God's purpose that each one of us feed and go back and cross-check whether what any teaching has uh, been given is actually from the Word of God. Amen? Principle number two. Keep your eyes on the Word. Can you say that? Can you say that? Before the temptation comes, feed on the word. Whilst the temptation is there, keep your eyes on the word. Whilst the trial is there, keep your eyes on the word. Satan cannot win when your eyes are steadfastly on the word of God. When Satan says, pleasure, and you say, no, this is death. When Satan says, ah, you can catch her if you do one, two, and three. And you say, what will happen after that? His disgrace will never be wiped out. When Satan says, you will have the money. And then you say, where will I go with my shame? Can you say, keep your eyes on the word? It was when Satan got Eve's eyes away from what God had said that he succeeded in deceiving her. I hope you remember that. Aha. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. So when the woman saw... She was no longer seeing the word of God. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took. At that point, was she seeing what God said? In that day you will die. 
Eh? What was she saying? Good for food. Desirable to be wise. Her eyes had been successfully removed from the word. Keep your heart. Keep your eyes. Keep your mind on the word. Colossians 3 tells us, Fix your thoughts on things above, not on things beneath. Hallelujah. In trials also, we must fix our eyes on the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, the scripture says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. The exchange of light momentary affliction for eternal weight in glory occurs when your vision is set on that which is unseen. As well. When your eyes are on the burden, when your eyes are on the travail, isn't that what happened in the wilderness? When a difficult situation came, their eyes were not on the God that parted the Red Sea. Their eyes became on Egypt. Hallelujah. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. When God tested Abraham and said, Offer to me Isaac, Hebrews tells us how he overcame. Hebrews tells us that he adjudged that God was able to raise from the dead. He kept his eyes on the character of God. God's word is immutable. And he has said, in Isaac shall your seed be called. Therefore, I will offer him up and God will raise him from the dead. on the word and on the character of God. Keep your eyes on what God has said about you. Keep your eyes on what God has promised. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. When you do that, you're on the road to victory. Principle number three. Hello? Principle number three. Yeah. Speak the word. You know, the Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Not so. Now, it's important that you understand that power... Is released in speaking. You know, the Bible says there are some whose speakings are like sharp swords, like arrows. You release authority by speaking the word of God. That's what Jesus did. Turn these stones into bread. He spoke, it is written. 
Turn down thyself. He spoke, it is also written. Bow down and worship me. He spoke, you shall worship the Lord your God. Speak the word of God into your heart. Speak to yourself. I'm a man that has experienced temptation. And I know what it means to speak to my body. I know what it means to speak to myself and say, you are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit of God, if so be the Spirit of God dwelling in you. I know what it means to speak to myself and say, that which is born of God, sineth not. I know what it means to speak God's word to myself and say, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. I speak it to myself. Sometimes I will lay hands on my body. You know, the Bible says, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. I'll lay hands on my body and speak that. And God has kept me, and He will continue to keep me. The Bible says that He will keep me from every evil attack and bring me safe into His everlasting kingdom. Hallelujah. Whether you accept it or not, our lives are steered by a tiny rudder called the tongue. And God's word has said, in the words of a king there is power. Ecclesiastes 8.4 Where the word of a king is, there is power. The centurion, you remember... All he wanted was Jesus to speak the word. That as Jesus speaks the word, power will go forth. When Jesus wanted the fig tree to wither, what did he do? He spoke to it. And in giving them the means of uprooting trees and mountains, what did he tell them to do? Speak. So what are you waiting for? Speak to your body, speak to your mind, speak to your circumstance, speak to your soul, but speak what God's word says in the circumstance. Hallelujah. Speak to yourself and say, I put you evil desires to death. I rebuke you thoughts in the name of Jesus. John 6.63 says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. Speak the word. Can you say speak the word? There was some years ago when we were forcibly removed from our residence. We had to leave. We weren't thrown out, but we had to leave. My wife was pregnant, and the travail got so much that she lost weight in pregnancy. And we moved out. 
So naturally, it was a painful situation. I wasn't in the mood of blessing those who were responsible for it. I wasn't in the mood at all. But I forced my mouth to bless them. In times of trial, force your mouth, if need be, to say what God's word says. It's not a question of your mood. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not a question of what you feel like. It's a question of what does God's word say. And the Bible says, bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. So, in that time of difficulty, I spoke. You remember when David was before this man, Goliath? Did he go to him silently? Eh? He said, You come against me with a javelin and spear, but I come against you in the name He spoke to this Goliath and spoke exactly what he was going to do. I'm going to cut off your head. What circumstance are you facing? You're having difficulty with understanding. Speak to your mind. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that in Christ Jesus I am blessed in all my knowledge in all my learning. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That's how you will make your way prosperous. That's how you will have good success. And you remember that James 3 passage, James 3, 4. Look at ships. They are so big, it takes strong winds to drive them. Yet, they are steered by a tiny rudder, wherever the helmsman directs. Amen? So you must learn to speak God's word consistently, no matter what is happening. And the principle number four is what? The principle number four is what? Do the word. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.22, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Please, don't be fighting what God says you should be running from. Young, old, rich, poor. The Bible says, flee! Joseph didn't stand to reason with Potiphar's wife. What did he do? Got out of there. Fast. Don't say I'm a big boy. I can watch that movie. (laughs) But I turned that television off. I'm mature now. I can read that novel. You'll inflame your mind. And I can tell you it will take a long time for those images to be erased. 
you wish you didn't do it. If you are really serious about purity. Flee. Hallelujah. Flee youthful passions. For sexual temptation, it is always flee and not stand and fight. The Bible says evil company corrupts good manners. Change that your inner circle of friends. Don't hate them, pray for them, do good to them, but evil company corrupts good manners. You see, if you stand and you are speaking in tongues in a place where God has told you to fight, your victory lies in your obedience to God's word. If God's word has said flee, your victory will come when you flee. If you stand, you are on your own. And so many have fallen because when they should be fleeing, they said, I'm a big man of God now. Even if it means that people will not understand you very well. Are you listening to me? Even if it means that people will not understand you very well. Never compromise with holiness. Now, I want you to understand something very well. Victory. Victory in a trial is not that your enemy died. Victory in a trial is not that I didn't have money and now I have money. Are you listening to me? A mob came at the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus and his disciples were there. And you remember Jesus said, this is the hour of darkness. Okay? The hordes of darkness came. Jesus said, Whom seek ye? And what was their answer? Jesus of Nazareth. Listen to me carefully. Satan's interest is not your money or your poverty. His interest is not your promotion or your demotion. Satan has one interest and one interest only. He wants to take Jesus from the throne of your heart. That's why for the Lord Jesus he said to him, I will give you all these if you fall down and worship me. But for Job, he said, take it away from him. For the same effect, he will cause God to his face. Your victory in trial is not that the money has come. Your victory in trial is that you were patient. Hallelujah. You were filled with joy. 
children of Israel, were they not tried? Did the solution not come at the end? But they were not victorious. Why? Because they murmured, they grumbled, they dissembled. Your victory lies in your maintaining the character and love of Jesus in spite of what is happening to you. That is the victory. Life is full of cycles. Cycles of need and plenty. The victory is the consistent, ever-growing character of Jesus, irrespective of what is going on. We must understand that, brethren. So that in times of trial, we will not only pray, God, give us what is our daily bread. We we'll say, God, give us grace to overcome. When the children, when the apostles were tried, I need to round up. When the apostles were tried, they didn't pray, God, remove the Sanhedrin. Is that what they prayed? They just said, God, behold their threats. And what? Give us boldness to preach your word. Number three, stretch forth your hand to heal and perform miracles in the name of your son, Jesus. The church of God will win in Kaduna State by boldness to preach the word. Whatever the legislation. The response is boldness to preach. That's the victory of the church. Victory over Boko Haram is loving the Muslim and giving them the word of God regardless. That's the victory. Understand what the Bible calls victory. What the Bible says you overcome by. Otherwise, you will miss the mark. Amen? As we round up, I want you to remember that the Bible tells us that uh, Satan left Jesus and he was going for a time that was convenient. Satan didn't leave Jesus indefinitely. That's found in Luke. He said it was a time that was convenient. So, when you have, pers- when you have left off what is evil, you must overcome evil by doing good. I learned children's song. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, with good, with good. Overcome evil with good. So as you flee, the Bible says, pursue righteousness. As you rebuke the thought, thank those ones that are holy. As you 
Turn off that television. Bring on something that is good. I have sought to encourage my little children who are into computer games. I have sought to encourage them with Bible apps. They like computer games. My wife bought one that's in, it's called Mini Mike, and as you do it, they're going into exploration of the Word of God. So you need to pursue righteousness, overcome evil with good. Get the right novel. Opportune times for temptation, NYC, bereavement, loneliness, boredom. Whenever you are convinced you can no longer fall, that's an opportune time for the enemy to strike. Let us pray. How are you using the word? Are you praying the word in? Or you just read and snap your Bible close and off you go. Talk to the Lord. Are you already passing through difficult times? Are you already passing through trials? Are there some already on your doorstep? You feel nobody feels the shoe where it pinches most like you do. Nobody is passing through your experience. No temptation has come your way that is capable of overtaking you. But God, being so merciful, has made a way of escape that with every temptation, with every trial, you will be able to escape. Can you speak to God right now? You may already have deviated. You've been overwhelmed. You looked away from the word of God when things were hard, when money was lacking, when school fees was not there, when money for rent was a problem, when job was difficult to find, when feeding was difficult to find, and you deviated. And you justified yourself. Can you tell God this morning I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For not remembering Lord. And even though weeping may endure for a night. There's a morning coming with joy. Can you tell the Lord please forgive me. That I forgot that in the midnight. The darkest hour. While Saul and Silas. Were in the prison. Where they were manacled. They raised up their voice and sang and prayed. And you sent down help. Can you ask God, please forgive me. Tell him, strengthen me from now what? Lord, not only to keep my eyes on your word, but to feed on your word, and to speak your word, and to trust your word. And according to Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, he says, even when you suffer those things, you are not ashamed because you know whom you have believed. And you are very well persuaded that is able to keep that. What is that you have had? Have you got salvation? To keep that which you have committed unto him against that very day. 13. Holding fast the form of sound words which you have heard. Can you pray now and say, God, I receive that. I remain steadfast. Forgive me for where I have removed my eyes on you. 
and keep me focused on you again. And if you are here this morning and you have not yet encountered the touch, that which you need to commit unto him, that which you need that Satan is looking after in trials and temptation, that which is the steadying anchor that holds you while the billows roll, if you have not anchored on Jesus, if while the message was going on, all you heard was, my son, my daughter, give me your heart. If while you've been straying again and again and become a punch bag for every bag of temptation, it's because Jesus has not made his presence at the throne of your heart at this moment. The Lord is yet able to save you to the uttermost. You want to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus? You want his power to make you more than conquerors? You want the peace that passes all understanding that steadies you through life? But above all, you see a conscience void of offense towards God and towards man. You want to reconcile with him. If you are so, please wherever you are, raise your hand. Let's pray together with you. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. That is the reason why this word comes. The greatest cleansing of the world is to cleanse from sin. Sin to make you a saint born again. Sin to make you more like Christ when you have come unto him. I want to have that witness in me. That I'm a child of God. That I've been restored and justified with him. That I won't struggle all by my own. Please raise your hand where you are. So we'll pray together with you. Thank God for you. Please repeat this prayer after me as you are here. With all penitence and from the depth of your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me. You gave your life on the cross for my sins. Today, I come to my senses. I repent of my past life. And I yield myself to you. I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me. Cleanse me of my past. And give me the power to live for you from today. By your own mercy. Thank you. In Jesus name. Lord as many as receive you. To them you give the power. To become your children. Who were born. Not of flesh. Not of blood. Not by the will. The desire. The design of man. But by your power. And in that same way that you make a change in a heart. That no one understands. Lord a mystery which you work out, you justify us and count us as if we've never sinned. We ask that your touch of a change and a difference will be upon these ones. And Lord, their lives will never be the same anymore in the name of Jesus. Let the old pass away. Let all things in their life become new. And Father, lead them in the path of righteousness unto their life end, in obedience to your will, living a holy life that honors you now and the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray.